can turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Before we get to our actual message, I thought we'd play a little game. If you know me, I play games all the time. Alright, so we have some new teachers here, and I want to know how well you know them. So we play a little game called Two Truths and a Lie. Okay? You familiar with the game? I'll give you three options, or three statements. Two of these statements are the truth. One of them is not the truth. So you need to identify what the, the lie would be. So, we'll start off with Miss Wolf. That's not her. <laughs> uh, so, some statements about Miss Wolf. Let's see. Number one, one shot pool with Walter Payton. Nobody is? Okay. Likes to water ski. Is a Bears fan. So you tell me which one is not true. Number two? Doesn't like the water ski? Name is not Miss Wolf? No. Alright, Miss Wolf, tell us which one is the lie. Not a Bears fan. Do you honestly think Mr. Beefus would hire her if she were? Okay. Next, Mr. Zimmerman. Once thought the same city was Mr. Thompson was born. Went to school in Nebraska. Was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer a few days after birth. Number one. Two. One. 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 Mr. Zimmerman, tell us your lie. Uh, it's not my lie. It's <laughs> the third one. It's not yes. yes. The lie I assigned to you was not, as far as I, I'm really glad that wasn't true. And then finally, Mrs. Thompson. I have to know her a little bit better than the others. Number one, as an infant, once appeared as an extra on Full House. Once a frequent visitor to Miami Beach. Well, we know which one's not a lie. All right, Mrs. Thompson, tell us which one is this lie that I've assigned to you? She was never on Full House. I know. Kind of disappointed. I would like to see those royalty checks coming in at some point, but unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So if we're talking about honesty. We're talking about telling the truth, and this is a kind of a difficult sermon to deliver, a difficult talk to give because I don't really have to convince a lot of you that telling the truth is a good thing, right? It's you know, and what more can you say than Jonah? Don't lie. We all good? All right. We'll head off to small groups. Call it a day. 
Yeah, you know that's not going to happen. So how do you talk about honesty when it's one of those things that we kind of just agree upon, but the other, the other side of the coin is also true. It's something that we all kind of struggle with from time to time, isn't it? It's one of those things where I don't have to convince an atheist that lying is wrong. I mean, even he would, would agree that in most cases you need to tell the truth, that telling the truth is the right thing to do. But we often struggle with that. We, we, we commit this sin in that we, we try to deceive and we try to shade or color the truth or sometimes we outright lie even though we know it's wrong. So how do we address this? So I want you to turn your Bibles, you, you should have already turned there, to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, in verse 9, is our theme verse for this month. And in your small groups, you're going to start memorizing this, kind of like we did last year. But before we get to verse 9, let's start off in verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then, you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, Evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed, in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. It's an interesting passage. Now we're looking at one verse. We're, we're, we're focusing on one verse, Colossians 3.9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his evil practices. But that one verse is in the context of a whole bunch of other verses. So let's let's start back again in verse 1. And we see that there's a new look. In, chapter, in verse 1 through 4, we're told to set our attention or set our, our focus on Christ, on things that are above, not on things that are on this earth. So before we ever get to honesty... And putting off lying, we have to first put ourselves in the right perspective. We talked last week about the our, our, our theme verse. What is our theme this year? Power up, right? We looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And one of the things we saw is that we are weak. And in our weakness, we are strong. Because we not, we're not to rely on our own strength, but on the strength of Christ. And so that's where we start off today. We start off with focusing our attention 
on Christ. Not the things of this world, because when we get focused on the things of this world, which is our natural inclination, our natural habit, we forget about reality. Sometimes we have that mixed up. Reality is what we see all around us, right? Reality is my day-to-day life. But the truth of the matter is, what we see all around us is delusion. What we see all around us is a lie that this world is trying to get us to believe. And because so many people believe that, we want to kind of go along with that. But Paul's saying here, before we even get to doing all these things in your list, you have to get your mind right. You have to renew your mind, like in Romans chapter 12. Renew your mind, get your mind right, focus on the things that are in Christ, because it's in Christ that we have our life. You are dead to the things of this world. In fact, that's why in verse 5 he says, put to death, therefore, and he lists all these different things. Put to death because that's not reality. Reality is you, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, your identity is wrapped up in him. And you've, you've realized that truth is found there. So your life is wrapped up in Christ and that perspective, an, another worldly perspective, as opposed to whatever's going on around here. So keep that in your mind, because we're going to come back to that in a second. And so then he says, all right, you need a new look, a new perspective. And he says, because of that new perspective, your life is going to change. Your life is going to be different. You need to put to death these things. He talks about sexual sin, wrong desires, anger issues, slander, obscene talk, lying. So putting off the old man. I saw this in this writing of Jenner. I was thinking 20 years from now. Okay, anyway. So put off all these things. That's the old you. You're not who you used to be. If you are in Christ, you've been born again. Your old life is gone, so live like it. You now have the opportunity to be truly free. In fact, that's what, in verse 11 at the end. You are now free. But Christ is in all and in all. You are free. You are in everything because... You don't have to be in bondage to these things anymore. These things shouldn't have a, a, a control over you any longer. Because that's the old you. You don't have to continue in all of these things. Now, I mean, just look at the things on this list. Anger and slander. No one likes to be slandered, right? No one likes to be uh, talked about in a negative way, right? Anyone enjoy that? You like hanging around angry people? Obscene talk, lying. Do you like it when people lie to you? Well, no. What what kind of atmosphere do these things promote? What kind of atmosphere? What, how do you like living in that community where all of these things are present? Well, we kind of know that's not the ideal. That's not where we want to be. That's probably where we are now if we look at this this world. So Paul says there's a new reality in your life. Instead of doing those things, he says here, your new life offers compassion, kindness, humility, patience, forgiving, forgiveness, you receiving forgiveness and you bestowing forgiveness, love, unity, thankfulness. Now, compare and contrast those lists, and you have a very clear contrast, black and white, polar opposite view, right? 
What kind of atmosphere does living with people who are compassionate upon you create? How would you like to live in a, in a community where people are kind to you, where people forgive you, where people are patient with you? I think the choice is pretty clear, right? Yet, we still want to go back. We still want to go back to these. This is what tempts us. This is what drives us sometimes and motivates us and causes us to do horrible things when we give in to those desires. Why is it that we struggle with this when we know this is better than this, right? Kindness, passion, uh, compassion, patience, forgiveness, all those things. We know that's better. But we still have the problems with sexual desire. We still have the problems with all these other things, right? Why? Well, let's focus on our theme here, honestly. I said before, we... Hi. Um, I said before, we have a, a clear picture in our mind that, yeah, we need to be truthful. Honesty is a good thing. But we oftentimes find ourselves lying. Well, why do people lie? I suggest two things here. Fear and insecurity. Fear. I've done something wrong. I don't want to get caught. I don't want to face the consequences of whatever it is I just did. So I'm going to lie about it. So when my mom and dad asked me, "What did you? Where were you at? You know, 1 a.m. last night?" Well, of course I was in bed snuggling with the teddy bear. I wasn't up playing the Call of Duty or partying with Jonah. Of course I was there. Why do we do that? We don't want to get caught for what we did. We need to cover it up. Whether it's the homework assignment, well, Mrs. Thompson, I didn't do my homework because, you know, I the dog. I tried to be, I've always thought I should keep a book of excuses for, for not doing homework things like that, but I'm not going to nice enough. Well, why do we lie in those situations? Because we're fearful of what's going to happen. Sometimes it's not fear, but it's just simply insecurity. We lie about ourselves. Now, we're tempted not to think of this as a sin, right? We just think that we're overestimating our, our abilities. We're bragging. But why do we do that? Because I want people to think of me differently than I really am. So I'm going to lie about what I've done or what I have, what I've done in the past, what I'll do tomorrow, my achievements, my possessions. I'll lie about some of those things so that people believe the person I want to be and not the person that I am. That's awfully tempting to do. But what's the problem? We're not accepting reality, right? So how do we solve this problem? We never recognize the problem. We know it's wrong. So what do we do about it? Well, it's an identity issue. We recognize first it's an identity issue. The real issue at stake is one of identity. Who am I? We go back to verses 1 and 1 through 4. 
We recognize that if we are Christians, our true identity is in Christ. I don't have to love. Why? Because what does Christ offer me? Forgiveness. Mercy. Grace. Compassion. See, when my identity is not just wrapped up in what's going on here, and when I focus on Christ, I can come before him and realize I don't have to lie here. Now, of course, it's useless, so I think he knows what's going on anyway. But if my mind is where it ought to be, and I'm thinking, I can be open and honest. Verses 10 to 11 also remind us that we are made in the image of Christ. We are patterned after that. I don't have to give into these things. What do we have in Christ? All of what the, the new man is supposed to be. We just talked about When we lie, we forget, our, 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 we forget who we really are, even though we're kind of afraid of people knowing that. And we're really identifying more with the father of life, Satan himself. We recognize that this is a serious, this, we have to recognize this is a serious problem. It's not just embellishment. It's not just, hey, one little white lie to get out of whatever. Or I didn't want to tell that girl how she really looked. But Paul says these are things that we have to kill. You don't kill things just randomly. I hope you don't just kill things randomly, right? If you are sentenced to death by a judge, you've done something pretty serious. We don't just do that for like traffic tickets or jaywalking. We don't do that to you if you, if you, you know, come in late to class. Paul's saying these things here are worthy of death. These need to be killed. These are so bad, you must kill them so they never live again. We don't want to be identified with such things. Especially when we have something much better. We, our, identity, our identity is wrapped up where it ought to be. And we're focusing on Christ and who we are in Christ. I have acceptance in Christ. I don't have to lie about who I am. I'm already accepted. I'm forgiven for whatever sins I've done. Whatever sins I'm going to do. God knows me for who I am. And that's a good thing. Some advantages of honesty. We grow closer to Christ. We find that when we're honest with the Lord, it's a freeing thing. We don't have to put on the show. One of the things that I, I like about my church service, the, the church I'm a member of, is that each week we have a confession where we, we all stand and we're usually repeating the same thing. We're talking, hey, Lord, I have sinned this week. I failed. And for me, it, it's such a good feeling to just get that off my chest. I know what I'm supposed to be, but I'm not. And neither are any of the people around me for me either. I can be myself and be who I am, knowing that God already knows this anyway. And He loves me anyway. But the opposite is horrible because sin always keeps us from having that right relationship with God. Sin always prevents us from having that deeper relationship that we crave, that we want to have. Sin prevents us from having that. That's what lying is. It's sin. But honesty also helps us to have 
better relationships with each other, right? You learn to trust people. When people learn that they can trust you, that you're a person of your word, it's easier to talk to that person, right? It's easier to be friends with someone you know who's going to tell the truth. If you're friends with someone who's always lying to you, then it's not much of a friend, is it? You don't trust them. Not like your other friends. You can have more of a ministry with other people and reach out and help people if they can learn that you're a person that can be trusted. They can talk about who they really are. You can talk about who you really are. And you have a more meaningful relationship. And it's just a simple matter of honesty. But that's scary for some of us. What if they find out about, or about this personality quirk, or what I did, or who I used to be? Or, well, what can we do? Remember who we are in Christ. We talked about that. Don't fear the world. The world will judge you. It's, it, it's, it's funny. We talked yesterday uh, in one of my Bible classes about the whole idea. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. That's what the world does to you every day. If your clothes are not acceptable, if your clothes are not meet whatever fashion standards there are, you're going to be judged. If you're different from everybody else, you're going to be judged. This world is constantly judging you. But in Christ, you have acceptance. We look through Ephesians chapter 2 and we see that you ought to be accepted in the blood because Christ has made you free. Whatever it is that's in your past, whatever it is that's even in your future, that's wiped clean through the work of Christ. So don't forget who you really are. Not who the world tells you you are. Not even who you may tell you who you are. Because we're good at judging ourselves as well. We're also good at excusing a lot of stuff about ourselves. But we're really good about judging ourselves and thinking of ourselves actually worse than we ought to think. And not accepting the reality that Christ has forgiven that. Remember who you are in Christ. Don't fear the world. And we've been working The fact is that this passage, Colossians chapter 3, is not written to an individual person. It was written to a church. It was written to a group of people. You know, we can work together to create that atmosphere where people don't have to lie. What if we create an atmosphere in this school, in this little community right here, where people could be free to be who they were? And we accept you for who you are, quirks and all. Even, yes, even your sin. Now, we don't approve of your sin, but we accept the fact that you're a sinner and you need Christ, just like I do. And when people... Offend us. And when they screw up what you're going to do, we can offer forgiveness. We can offer patience for those who aren't quite where they should be, which is, again, really all of us. What if we were compassionate and gracious? All of those things that Paul told us to be. Well, if we created that atmosphere, there's really not much of a need to lie at all, is there? We're still going to struggle with sin. It's going to be a temptation. And what if we create an atmosphere right here at Clark County Christian School in which all of us try to minister to each other and be the person that forgives 
this patient. And if we're that person, it's going to be easier for others to be that person for you. So remember who you are in Christ. You're forgiven. You're accepted. Don't fear the world. Don't fear what others are going to think. Don't fear your consequences. You know what? You don't do your homework, you're going to get a detention. Okay. We can accept you for the guy who gets detentions. We can accept you for the person who may be disorganized and doesn't get his homework in all the time. We can be patient with you. And that's the message for our teachers as well, isn't it? You can be that guy. We're not going to accept that, but we're going to patiently love and help you. Let's create that atmosphere. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you offer us through your Son. There's no excuse for us to continue in our sin and to live as if you didn't exist. Thank you for the acceptance you give us, the grace and the forgiveness you offer through your Son. But Lord, don't allow us just to simply be who we are. Work within us. Make us who we ought to be. And give us patience until we get there. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen.